I'm Jeff Weiss. I'm a writer for LA Weekly, the editor of Passion of the Weiss, and a writer for Pitchfork and Spin. My name is No Can Do. I'm a rapper, record label CEO, co-founder of Low in Theory, freestyle battle champion, and all-around cool guy. And this is a weekly podcast devoted to what's good, what's bad, and what's weird in the world of hip-hop. And this is Shots Fired. Bow! Shots Fired! Number 25 to 2 party systemic failure override button No blacks, no Jews, no Asians Number 24, the Soviet reunion, 8 by 10s No blacks, no Jews, no Asians Number 23, the nuke field, Winston Churchill figurine What's up? This is Jeff Weiss, you're tuning to Shots Fired, a podcast about hip-hop and fine budget dining in Los Angeles and other metropolitan areas We're gonna have on Oliver Wang a little later He is the editor and founder of the Soul Sides music blog Also, the hip-hop album guide, Classic Material He's one of the best soul music DJs I've heard, and um, we're also going to have an open mic eagle, who is the third member of Shots Fired, who I probably should not even include anymore in the introductions, because he's probably here, sitting next to uh, James McCall, no can do, a man who knows how to wear a camouflage Los Angeles ratchets hat mm. on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, and soccer pants, and soccer pants. And eating bulgogi and eating at the bulgogi. same damn time. Come on, man. I'm, <laughs> dude, I, I, I am Western, homie. I am a street Western. I am, <laughs> yeah. I am, I am Western from you Hollywood are, you are down, literally down Occident- to Gardena. You are Occidental. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Just, uh, you know. How was San Francisco? It was great. Uh, it was at the it was low up there theory. with No Saj and um, yeah, San Francisco. All the guys and uh, shout out to No Saj and DJ Nobody and John Wayne and Peanut Butter Wolf. But uh, it was good. I'm just chilling. That was just only for one day. The whole weekend, actually, for me, was just on dad duty. Uh-huh. And you know, we cleaned up the house and we went to the park. And you know, was me, it me just like the movie started, Mr. Mom? No, no, no. Because you know, my wife was around. Uh-huh. We started exercising and working out. Uh-huh. And uh, my wife's already mad at me for losing more weight than she can because I, we haven't even lost any weight but it's, it's zumba right <laughs> no 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 no. We, we go to the park and we, we we run or whatnot and then you know how they have like yo stop right here and do some push-ups and i like you know yeah i just do you like many push-ups, like, push-ups exactly <laughs> and then she's like three <laughs> and then, you know and then i go do some pull-ups and you know yeah. yeah i caught a snake this weekend really i caught a snake at the park it was pretty tight I'm terrified of snakes. I'm actually. Mile. Really? Yeah, that's like my biggest fear is snakes and lizards and frogs and Macklemore concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's like uh, <laughs> really one for. of the one of the. I think that's in the Old Testament, right? Yeah, Macklemore is God. <laughs> it was like it rained snakes, frogs, and then Macklemore and, on the fifth day. Yeah, and then God rested. Have you noticed that like both Macklemore singles have like a heavy set black guy singing the chorus? Yeah, because it's like that old you know thing where it's like you can't have a group of all white guys because like you have to have a black guy somewhere in the mix and mm-hmm. unless you're third base. Even third base had a had a black DJ, right? Yeah, I believe so. Somebody, you know, I guess Beastie Boys, but Beastie like, Boys. They what also about, had, what about House of Pain? They cool. they they kept yeah, it real. Yeah, that was like real gully. I actually boys. interviewed Amanda Demi recently, who was their manager from back in the day, and she mm. was married to Ted Demi, who was the founder of YoMTV Raps. And she was like telling me she's like DJ Lethal was the brains behind everything, and I was like, Yeah, rappers can't be the brains behind anything <laughs> because they're the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like the mouth gets you in trouble. The brains like plots and strategizes, and you know. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, no, I don't even know why I'm here right now. I don't know why. How the fuck I get a podcast? I don't know why I'm here either. I'm on five hours of sleep. I was I was writing last night for the kind of five hours of sleep is a good amount of sleep. 
<sighs> yeah, because you guys have children. <laughs> like, uh, I'm like, I'm just like, I have a dog. Yeah, and no, a cat. no. But if you have children and NyQuil, then you get more than five hours of sleep. Uh, I'm just waiting for that good codeine, that delicious codeine. Waiting for that scissors, like the, yeah. the child the child syrup, the <laughs> child kid, kid lean, kids lean. It's Ambien. It's a, no, I, I I have never fucked with. It. I, I was trying to get Adderall, but then I just uh, you know. Just had, to, to, had get, to rough it. Had to rough it. You're trying to get Adderall, but then you found cocaine. If you're yeah, cocaine. If you're listening, shots fired, listeners. Adderall and acid, warmly welcomed as presents, as donations into the PayPal fund. Um, mm-hmm. I reviewed an album actually called Acid Rap last mm-hmm. week. We kind of talked, talked about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah, and I really liked it. And that was actually what I've been doing for like three days. I was working on this review forever. Yeah. And um, have you you haven't heard it? Did you have you heard Chance the Rapper? He's like the, he's tight. I heard bits like, and pieces of it. Mixtape is dope. He's, oh. he's Chicago's Kendrick. Yeah, he's Chicago's Kendrick. He like does the flouncing around in videos and stuff, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A good flounce. And the kind of like drunken, <laughs> like use every accent kind of you were exposed to. And as a kid, I hear a little little Polish like East Side Mexican kind of thing going on. Yeah, I heard like an Animaniac playing the harmonica. <laughs> They, he's definitely he reminds me of Yakko like, or Wacko definitely yeah, you know definitely Oi. yeah he's, I mean he seems like a like a nice kid or whatever and he is out I mean I think like it's interesting because he tweeted like a while ago like I can't wait till like, being a nice person is, is like cool again mm-hmm. which is like the most ra- I guess it kind of made me feel like what an interest like it's a it's definitely the the post based but it's also the acid I was thinking too, because it's like we equate like little B. I don't know if he was taking lots of acid, but he had all the behavior of a crazy acid head. Plus, he's from Berkeley. I was gonna say that tap water in Berkeley, is something. It tastes great. It's come. It comes from this like little place, the Apawakis, whatever. You yeah, know? tastes it's good. But I think there's something in it. You yeah, know? It started, I mean, started. If, if there was gonna be acid in anyone's tap water, I think it would be Berkeley. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, no, and so. uh yeah, it was good, and no such thing. That we that was just revealed. I mean, should we? Do you want to play a track? I would like to play that. Play the no such thing track. Cause, cool. Yeah. All right. This is paranoia. This is actually, you know, when I wrote the review, like this was the the song that I kept on coming back to because it's just like the second half of it is like what I think is interesting about him is that he he doesn't like. There's no like binary because like and I was looking at like history of Chicago hip hop with probably the exception of Kanye even like everyone is like you're conscious you're a gangster you're like a do or die or you're a common or you're like a Lupe fiasco and it's kind of ironic because like Lupe his the guy who ran his labels like in jail for like heroin distribution mm-hmm. and like common was like hard like writing the bitch in you mm-hmm. so it's like kind of these like false you know like dualities and now I think like he kind of. They're at a time where I think it's that he doesn't have to subscribe to them, and I think that's kind of cool because like they people very easily could be like, oh, he's the anti Chief Keef, but like he's not. Like it's just you know. Well, the thing about it is it's like, like saying you're the anti like for this J Rock or something for or, this for the sake of uh, for the sake of like business, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like in the past you had to. Uh, you had to like be like, I am gangster totally. or I am this. Like when you thought of like rappers and what they were doing outside of uh, outside of uh, you know their their stage time, yeah. you imagine that Common was like you know around eating some lots incense, of tempeh, eating temp. No, like you you imagine that. But Delicious. when you think about like what like the inner city is, it's like they'll be like the gangbanger yeah. guy that lives next to the artsy guy that lives yeah, next. That's to why the Freestyle up- Fellowship were the guy. ultimate in that because you know? they were like everything. But like and they got marketed as like. Oh, they're the con, you know, and like, you know, peace is crazy, you know, is is peace ain't peaceful. <laughs> yeah, peace is not peaceful. Jupe went to jail for a minute. Yeah. Um, Shout yeah. out to Jupe. Yeah, Jupe yeah. is the man. 
Um, and Micah reads LA Express all the time. So it's, yeah, and, and yeah, but it, it just, I feel like with all the social media now, I feel like artists are able to their sometimes to their detriment to show so many more facets of who they are. Yeah, you know? I also think it's like part of like the new world in which like you're not buying one CD. Like, you can download Chief Keef's mixtape, Little Dirk's mixtape, Chance the Rapper's mixtape, and, like, Lupe Vasco's if you want to. Mm. And there's no reason why you have to, like, be for or against. I mean, even, like, there's no not real beefs the way that there were. Like, where it was like, all right, you like Tupac or Biggie, or you like Jay-Z or Nas. Like, you know, the, you'd very rarely meet someone that's like, oh, I like both of them equally. You know, and now, like, you, when was the last beef that, like, really divided people? Besides, obviously, Azalea Banks and Angel Hayes. Um, yeah. Which shook the world. Yeah, I, I, dude, people just aren't as serious these days. I feel like real world is so serious that we can't like, like even like with our like celebrity obsessions. Like, when's the last time? Well, no, it's actually this happens, but it's like usually silly. Like, you like celebrities would like have their house broken into and then like their all their stuff stolen and like weird stuff. Like, but now it's just like you it's know, not funny, James. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. At I think all. it happened to LL. I think recently it did. It did, which is a good thing because let's talk about you know. I'm going to play the Chance the Rapper song afterwards. We're going to come back and talk about the episode. The, ep- the title of the episode is, do you want to explain the title of the episode before we play the song from Chance? I'm not going to explain it. I'm going to just say it. The episode is no blacks, no Jews, no Asians, all of which are in the room right now. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. Um, and I will explain the title then before we play the song. But it's, don't, don't give them nothing. All right. I'll give them nothing. <laughs> you will listen and you will like it. Um, <laughs> no, you, you can explain no, it. No, keep joking. listening. Um yeah, no, basically, there was some stuff that went down uh, with a show that me and Mike Eagle were doing at Harvard and Stone, but I'm not really going to talk about it, but there were accusations of racism thrown around. Um, by, this is the southern part of California, boy. Yeah, and and you like, must know that there are certain things that, that wouldn't cannot happen. happen. I don't think that, that I mean, that could happen in San Francisco because, you know, someplace in the middle of, like, downtown San Francisco. But basically, no, San Francisco, they're like, oh, you're not enlightened? You can't be here. Yeah. There's, oh, you don't have. If any, you're not based. You, you know? don't have a crystal light show. Mm-hmm. They can't be here. And I'm not crystal light, but like a light show yeah. with, involving crystal. <laughs> yeah. power not crystals. a diet powder <laughs> that women or men or Fat Joe, which Fat Joe was caught. My, uh, ben Westoff, shout out to Ben, was interviewing him for LA Weekly, and Fat Joe was just drinking nothing but crystal light, which yeah. is amazing. If you're a chubby guy, yeah, why not? You have a wife. She's like, you gotta eat the crystal light. You gotta go to the hospital every six months. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, they basically would not let Mike Eagle play at the last minute uh, for being a rapper. And we'll, we're going to talk about that with Mike, but first we'll play this Chance the Rapper Air song. Air quotes. Rapper. For being a, Air a quotes. rapper. Rapper. Yeah, analog rock and roll. Um, I don't know what that means. But yeah, this is... You can't spell analog without anal. That's what I'm going to say. Snap. All right, <laughs> this is uh, No Such Thing and Chance the Rapper is Paranoia and... Uh, well, I think we should take a break afterwards and then come back and bring everybody in. Oh.
Somebody who still daddy's rolly And call it the neighborhood Watch Pray for a safer hood With my paper good Watch Captain Saberhood Boy Savior Baby boy Still get not need for swishers I'ma still wash my clothes Still with the same money militia I'ma still wash my bros Trapped in the middle of the map With a little bitty rock And a little bit of rap That with a little rabbit knack And a little shitty mac And like a little Blown on my lips With the sun in my eyes And my gun on my hips Paranoia on my mind Got my mind on the fritz But a lot of niggas dying So I'm not with the shit Riding around with my blood on my lips With the sun in my eyes And my gun on my hips Paranoia on my mind Got my mind on the fritz But a lot of niggas dying So I'm not with the shit Harmar Superstar of Nocturnal Emotions here to let you know about my new album Bye Bye 17 What you're listening to right now is the first single Lady You Shot Me and the rest of the album is full of sweet saccharine soul just as this I 
Cult Records will be releasing the album on April 23rd in the US and May 6th in the UK and Japan. So get ready, look out for it. Pre-order it now on iTunes for only $4.99, a limited time offer. You won't regret it. Go to harmarsuperstar.com for tour dates and cultrecords.com for more information on this glorious record. Bye Bye 17 by Harmar Superstar. You will love it. And I'm out. Back to the show. So we're back from commercial break. <laughs> and magically, fired. Mike and Oliver are here. Yeah. Poof. Yeah. Poof. Welcome. Cloud. Welcome, Oliver. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I, th- I don't think I mentioned that you are a sociology professor at Cal State Long Beach, so I should shout that out. So he is eminently qualified to talk about what we're going to talk about. But Oh, I don't know about that, but yeah. okay. Yeah. But appreciate right. that. Yeah. All That's right. what all the smart people say. I know. They're like, I'm not a professional on this subject. You have to have somebody else say it. But then they say something smart, and you're like, fuck. You're a professional on the subject. Yeah, no. He's, uh, anyways, I'm not going to embarrass him. But yeah, you should read his writing. Anyways, but I mean, I I think we should probably just start out by talking about what happened. Uh, What happened? Well, (laughs) what happened was. What happened was. um, Was there hoes involved? (laughs) <laughs> there were no hoes involved. Nope. The there hose was no hoes. Hey, oh, this is this is official uh, D-Lo Appreciation Day, by the way. From uh, from Atlanta? No, oh, D-Lo. D-Lo. I'm D-Lo getting Brown, the D-Lo, D-Lo. This is just a sidebar. Just to you know, knock all the fucking the tension in the, this room we're about to get into. So if you you know if this is getting too serious for you, just like pause every, the pause the podcast. Every day it's click go, appreciation day, in my and world. go look look up. Uh, you know, D-Lo, no ho, and then. <laughs> Come back to it. <laughs> Some JT the bigger figure while you're at it. Um, anyways, so I about like a month ago, uh, there's a band called Chicano Batman who are a really good band, and um, it was I was kind of sorry, it sounds racist. I, well, I was kind of surprised that they got booked at Harvard and Stone because they're like very um, kind of pro, like very like La Raza in the Mecca. They like formed around Mecca a loss. I think they went to Cal State LA. I'm not sure, but like they're very politically minded. And totally not the kind of b- band that you would expect to play, see at a place like Harvard and Stone. Like, if you're not from L.A., Harvard and Stone is basically like one of those places. It's like, it's like they think it's really like faux quaint and they think it's like a steampunk bunker. And like, you know, there's like, you can't get Jack Daniels, which is like, I should have known, number one. Like, I never trust a bar where you can't order Jack Daniels because like, oh, we don't serve Jack Daniels. We serve George DeKal whiskey or, or bourbon or, you know, whatever. Wait, yeah. Do they serve, like, any American whiskey? No, they have, like, all, like, fa- well, I, they might be American, but it's just, like, all fancy. And it's, like, but then there's, like, this weird, like, World War II theme. And, like, it's, like, yeah, of course, you know, mm-hmm. no integration. World War II figures make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching Captain America last night. <laughs> That's how World War II should have went. <laughs> I, I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. continue. Um, anyways, but, so... They basically hit me up and they were like, hey, do you want, um, we're, we're doing four residencies. So like obviously four, you know, four shows, month long residency. It's like a lot to book like 16 acts or, you know, 12 acts or whatever. So like, do you want to maybe help, you know, program one of them? And I was like, cool. You know, the band is, is really great and the venue is super close to my place. So I was like, all right, I can take a cab. That's how they get you. They get yeah. you with proximity. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll, t- get, I'll take a cab also, and get easy. wrecked. Yeah. You know? And, uh. So then, the first person I hit up was uh, Dame Funk, mm-hmm. and because they actually are big fans of Dame Funk, I hit up Dame. He was with it, and um, then they they made shout it. out to Dame. And then Mike mentioned, you know, he was looking to do a show, so I was like, all right, well that'd be amazing. We'll have Chicano Batman, Mike, Dame on the same bill. You know, it's like a, it's a great bill. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, then, anyways, Dame had to cancel. But, like, meanwhile, they had already started promoting it on the Harvard and Stone website with Dame, you know. And uh, Dame had to cancel. We ended up replacing him with Ariel Pink. Night before the show, I get a bunch of text messages from uh, the Harvard and Stone, or from the manager of Chicago Batman. And they were coming from the Harvard and Stone, you know, various employees and the general manager. Probably should just read them on the air. I have a blog post about it on Passion of the Weiss, but... Let's just talk. Continue talking. Let's continue talking. I'm reading your article. They can hear me reading out there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I feel like everyone's like all silently listening to me. Let's all let's all talk. Guys. You're only this, on the radio. I'm Jeff. only on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Wait. What are we on? <laughs> yeah. I uh, just thought we were playing playing dress up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, the gist of it. I am about to read it, but the gist of it was that Mike wasn't allowed to perform because he happens to be a rapper, and then they had like these kind of weird coatings. That basically would preclude any or ninety five percent of black musicians born between the years nineteen. Give me some. Give me the coatings, bro. Give me the. Give me the coatings. Uh, the coatings. I need them. I need the coatings. You need. I'm getting angry. You need the coatings. You need the innuendo. Mm-hmm. Um, no Jerry curls. Anytime I can use the word innuendo, no high top fades. I'm like happy. So no Jordans. The first. The first text <laughs> is like, hey, I was checking out some of the acts for the reservation. Mind you, this is like the night before the show. Like everything has been vetted. Uh-huh. They claim that there was like a miscommunication. They'd been trying. He told me first. So of all, imagine that he's typing this in the comfort of his own home. Well, but he has a white hood over his head though, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. and there's a cross burning in the background. Continue. He's watching a good D.W. Griffith film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's getting. You know, listening to some Pat Boone. So he's like, hey, I was checking out some of the acts for the reservation. Are some of them hip-hop or quote-unquote dance music? Because the GM is really selective about the band. So because not- we don't fuck with niggers or gays. <laughs> All right. All right. Continue, continue. Because I'm, I'm doing the subtext. The GM is really selective about the bands and will not allow hip-hop. We just try to keep it rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then later that night, I get another one. Um, passed on to me by Chicago Batman's manager and he's like hey just want to make sure you guys understand why we can't have open mic eagle perform we only do analog rock and roll we only fuck with niggas over 70 <laughs> cause they're decrepit and can't bring more niggas under 30 <laughs> which will cause riffraff and make this the cabana on a Sunday night okay we only do analog rock and roll rhythm and blues based stuff I've never wavered from this policy and I never make exceptions I don't want this to turn into the supper club continue <laughs> continue yeah and then just basically then that happens so then I talked to Chicano Batman and I was mm. like well do you not think that's totally racist coding like being like we don't want you know because it's Hollywood and like the, that that is the truth and I kind of talked about it in my LA Weekly story today like you know there's there's a black there's a night for black people or a night for Asian people where that these clubs were like and like it was that scene in Knocked Up I thought got it perfectly where like you know they're getting to the fight and he's like I'm only allowed to lend one black person for That was Craig Ferguson, right? It was Craig, Craig Robinson. Robinson. Craig Robinson. Yeah. yeah, why say Ferguson? But, yeah. but that's why people laughed at yeah. that because it's like it was an uneasy truth. Yeah, yeah. And like that you, you like and you know, I, there's a comment to my other weekly story basically being like, you know, I've been managing bars for ten years and like this is what this I mean, come on, like everyone knows what this language is. But Loki, check this out. If you go Sunset, West Hollywood, you, any yeah. bars in Hollywood, they're not popping, really. Like, every, all, the, all the real life no. and the blood of the city is, like, northeast, downtown, yeah. because everybody that's our age yeah. gave up on that shit. Yeah. You're going to let 20 girls get in that aren't going to buy anything, and you're going to have all these dudes waiting outside, going in one by one. You know, like, things like that. You know, you're going to have this spot where, just because I'm wearing this kind of hat, I can't get into the club. And there's no gang. You, I, I'm not from a gang, you know. Yeah. Like, it, it's racist. It's sexist. It's, it's uh, classist. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's all that, you well, know? Well, you know what the truth is? I don't have a problem with, like, I mean, I do, well, I do actually have a problem regardless with people only being like, we only do one type of thing because I think that's just a bullshit idea that no longer. No, no, it's, it's good for business, though. Like, yeah, we, play, we make rock, you know, but they should have let you know. Well, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's cool. To, I mean, like, obviously everyone has a brand, has, you know, that they want to have a certain integrity. That makes complete sense to me. But when you're like, never on any exception can we ever have anybody that does any different, it, it, it sounds weird. Yeah, especially when all the dopest rappers right now are have are signed to some rock label. Well, it, it's mis- <laughs> like, it's also misinterpreting like the history of pop music because there's always been interplay and like rock music would not be there if not for you know uh, like young, blues or young jazz. American yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, like, and then, so then we talked, say? Mike. Yeah, we're just like in the middle. We're just like yeah. Mike. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer. I'm a, like we're we're like a part of the dream team over here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's. To me, it's cool. They can That's have whatever, Mike. whatever pot. Like, no, thank no. you. <laughs> thank you. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's quite enough for me. Yes, but no. Um, I can have whatever policy they like, and that's all good. Um, I don't have any problem with it. I mean, you know, they own the business; they can run it how they want. Really, stop um, taking the high roads. So no, it's not. See, that's the thing is my, pro- my problem with it wasn't the policy. My problem was that that they wouldn't they wouldn't look at just the. Uh, you know the professionalism and 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 you know the humanism of dealing with somebody who's been promoting a show. You know what I mean? And uh, you you can't to me you can't enact your policy the night before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's completely unfair because you're putting yourself in a position to benefit off of my promotion. Totally. You know so what I mean? so translated, that's, that. that's bitch made to play. Yeah, it's fucked it's up. Bitch you know made. what I mean? That's, yeah. To me, that's that's <laughs> fucked up. Like, to play devil's advocate, I'm not like to play devil's advocate. They were trying to claim that they'd been saying that before, and that was always the policy, and they would never have approved it if well, they'd known. Th- but the thing is, regardless it, of any of that, yeah. if they didn't and it wasn't communicated until the last minute, that's on them, I and agree. it doesn't make it any less fucked up for them to do it at that moment. Even if they'd been trying to, they'd been trying unsuccessfully. Yeah. If it wasn't communicated to the band, the promoter, the person who made the flyer, to, to get the flyer to me and see my name on it and for me to promote it to my people, then I don't. It, it, to me, your policy doesn't matter at that point because then it's just a, a, a – it becomes a thing of just professionalism and you just don't, you don't put me in a position in what would you position. Have, What would you have said if – what would they have said if he was like, all right, well, he'll, he'll play with the band? What, what would have happened? If he played with the band, I think we probably would have been okay with it. You, I think, think, you think they would have been like, cool, like, yeah, you can rap with the band as long as it's analog. That like, mean, that you would, think they would have? No, well, that they fucking a, wouldn't have. That would have been a smart thing for them to say because that would have been trying to find a compromise rather than outright banning something. But mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, the thing is, anyway, though, who's going to, I mean, I'm going to find a band a day before the show. Like, so, I mean, I understand hypothetically that'd be a workaround, but I'm just, the no, but I mean, he was saying the Chicano yeah. Batman. I thought you were saying Chicano Batman, which actually would have been kind of cool. If, no, because that's fucking impossible to do in a day. Exactly. What I'm that's, saying if is, if you don't know anything about music, what is. I'm saying is about keep putting people in corners. Sorry. And if they would have told yeah. you this a week before, right. and you would have been like, Hey, well, I can get a band together and we could do everything analog. Yeah. They would have been like, "Well, it's still rap music and it still brings a certain crowd." That's what I saw from the outside. I've been dealing with promoters since I, mean, I, I, I was a kid. You're probably right about that. I, and and if in my the same position I was in, if they had told me a week earlier, I just would have said, "Fuck that show," because yeah. it's not it's not yeah. that serious. You know, and, and I really we don't. Wouldn't. I don't yeah. want to be somewhere honestly where where somebody doesn't want me to play. Like that's that's cool. You know what I mean? It's just don't do it in a way where. Uh, you know where I'm made a fool of, or you know what I mean, or it, it's it's just there's different things you have to consider other than your policy. If it when it comes to just dealing with other people, totally. No know? one was trying to pull their card. I mean, like I think if they if from the onset we were like being told, hey, 
you can't book anyone that's I, I wouldn't have done it because I'm right, like frankly I don't want to fucking go to a show where I see four boring ass fucking guitar bands and I'm, and I'm not one to politicize my set like that either I'm not trying to I'm not you know I'm not trying to set myself on fire in the middle of the club Yo, and it goes both point, ways you know I, mean? I don't want to hear fucking eight rappers in a row either like I mean it's it, true uh, it's just shit is boring <laughs> I uh, agree I want Oliver's take on this because he's been sitting here I mean I, I can't you know, I can't try to psychically figure out yeah. what the intent is, right? I think That's the problem. So smart that you said that. Well, I just think the problem <laughs> I with told you debates around. But the, the, here's the thing: the debates around racism. This is what I saw on the comments on your blog. I'm sure it's what the comments are on LA Week. It's mm -hmm. comments everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's just the nature of comments is anytime someone throws down like the R card, yeah. the argument becomes over intent. You can you can't Wait, know what intent. is the R card again? Race the race card. race card, oh, okay. right? Where you where you accuse something or someone of being racist. Mm -hmm. It ultimately people just fixate on. Well, how would you know that? Yeah. And to be honest, that's a really good question. I mean, unless someone says blatantly, like, I do not want black people up in my club, yeah. that, you know, you can't, you can't know that. What you can figure out, though, is what is the, what is the result of that policy, right? What's, yeah. What does it mean that Harvard and Stone has? Completely. What, to me, and again, I don't know, I, we keep picking on this phrase, analog rock and roll. And what, the, what the fuck is that? Can I swear on this? I can yeah, swear on yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, the, what does that mean exactly? Analog rock and well, roll. Well, he started to go to me. He was like, well, originally, it's 1970, before 1978. And I was like, you have a picture of The Clash on your website. He's like, you're a music guy. You know that. I was like, you have a picture of The Clash on your website, right? And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, and like the funny thing is like I'd been told by other DJs, they were like, who'd try to play like a, like a Liv Marcigo was played a, Ma a Mad Lib song. And they're like, you can't do that. I know another DJ, this guy drew fortune. He was playing Beck's Hollywood Freaks, which is like a rock song. Right, right. And, and and again, they they had Dame Funk on. Uh, they had Dame Funk. Were they going to give call? That's what call, I said. Yeah, are they going to call him up the day before and say, "Oh yeah, we have to we actually finally listen to your music"? And nah, you are not. What we learned from American History X is that money beats racism, bro. He claimed. No, he claimed. <laughs> like, he claimed the Dame would never have been allowed to perform. But I was like, so why is he on your website as being promoted? Yeah, exactly. I was like, did you not like his name is Dame Fucking yeah, no, Funk? It's, it's not like Dame it's not Dame Analog, Analog Rock and Roll. Chicano Batman, a group I love as well. They, their, their music is not like yeah. pre seventy eight. Totally. I mean, they're on some like shit, shit. I found out about them actually via Oliver. As but, a matter of fact, but so I, I think the thing that that what Mike said that I agree with completely is the idea that it's okay if you have a policy in terms of this is who you book, right? What's fucked up is when you call someone the day before when this person has been you know promoting the show for your venue. And you say you don't make exceptions when someone in your pipeline, someone in your, you know, your, your management hierarchy has fucked up. You make an exception when it's good business practice to not be a dick. You know, so if, again, if, if you the guys club, are going too easy on them with all your intellectuals, you know, no, no, you have to burn the place down. We have to pick it. <laughs> what the fuck, man? We didn't bring you guys here for you guys to be like. I mean, I did. I did call the dude from the NAACP. So and off the, off top, if you call off somebody top, from yeah. the NAACP, oh, he was shook. NAACP, he was shook. He's, he's like, like fuck. he's like, it's racist. It's I racist. Even, I didn't even <laughs> heard the pitch yet. It's racist. I was like telling him about Mike. Well, I think here was the other thing that I was tell talking about. It's like you know what? Like if you want to make this analog rock and roll. Bullshit, purity, whatever. Well, and I was saying this in my you can't say article. purity. Well, I was they saying, can't, no, they did, didn't say. Did purity. they use the word purity? No, but like, the, here's the truth. They're trying. Like, this is their form of ascetic purity, and like that leads to segregation ultimately, and that is kind of fucked up because like you look at the Harvard and Stone website. Like, I went on that website. I saw like two black people out of like three hundred. Like uh, that's just like the Earwolf website. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I, I I will say Reggie Watts out there on the fucking poster. Reggie Watts questionable. 
Damn. <laughs> Reggie Watts might be. He could be Sri Lankan. I, like, I mean, no, no. I guess <laughs> Jeff, like, <laughs> Jeff, let me ask you this. You don't you don't think a club has the right to, to dictate what kind of music they allow no, in their No, of course they do. Of course they do. So, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I mean, yeah. what they're practicing is a form of sonic, if yeah. not like straight up body segregation, right? Totally. They are. I mean, it's not even really that. To me, it's not so much coded as it's they're very clear in terms of this is what they want and you can infer quite easily what they don't want yeah along which with it. would you but that, again yeah. as as a club they have the right to Completely. say we don't we only want to hear this kind of music in here yeah. but that brings me back point back it brings me back to the point that if you're booking acts isn't someone supposed to be checking for this? Do we have such a yeah. strict fucking code that you don't yeah, have yeah. any exceptions? Yeah, I mean, like someone, that's what hipster someone, number one should have caught someone, that, if not hipster number right. three, right? Yeah, yeah. someone right. fell down on the job. And you yeah. make an exception when someone yeah. in your own organization messes up because yeah. that's what professionalism is. So, I, yeah, I, that, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be polite about it. I'm mm. just saying you can have that policy. and it's, it's, it's To me, it's, kind of, it's a whack policy for the yeah. reason that Jeff's is saying. But look, you can have whatever policy you want. Mm-hmm. But when someone in your own organization messes up, you know, you don't. The way you deal with it is you step up and say, "All right." And you, in this case, and, you, and, you, and you don't you don't lump everything. I don't give a fuck. What this right, is this right. is my question. Even what the policy is like, you don't lump everything together like that so easily. You don't, you know, especially at that moment, at the night before the show, you don't make that sweeping of a generalization. Right. You really do at that point have to evaluate an individual act and see if it's if if you look at a video and you feel like it's something that's going to be disruptive or something that's going to like mess up the energy of the night then that's one thing but if if it's something that you feel like you know well i don't even know what 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 they i don't even know what would be acceptable to when them slime punks they, take takes over steampunk then that place will go out of business and i'll piss on the ashes of that place <laughs> so who gives a fuck <laughs> like i okay this, this i think it's cool I, I cut you off just because i i was reading the comment and you go mad, ahead man no i mean you know that that's all you just the the act of treating an entire genre like it's just one person doing the same thing over and exactly. over again that's like pretty goddamn close to racism to me even if it's not the exact definition of to me it's fucking close enough because it's the same like level of ignorance and and a lot of it i mean historically that comes from the same place so i don't you know like where i wouldn't just straight up call it racist i'm not running away from that either you know what i mean i, I think that there's the, it, what they did, the choice that they made in this situation just leads to a lot of questions that go back to those kinds of things being opened up. And that's on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when should I mean, you can't. Here's, and here's the other thing about it. <laughs> when you can't. You can't take this shit in a fucking vacuum. Like, right, yes, exactly. In the abs. Exactly. You're right. Like, and like all these people are like, no, that's not racist. They're a bar and they're allowed. Of course, they're a fucking bar that's allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. Like, this is America. You're allowed to cater to whoever the fuck you want. And that's great. And no one would tell otherwise. But when you like and when you compare, even when you're like, oh, well, it's like putting a metal band in a jazz club. And you're like, well, let's think about the most famous jazz club, the Cotton Club, which they was all black performers and no black people were allowed in the audience. There's a fucking history of this. Mm-hmm. And like when you continue with this shit. So it's saying like in the context of like, you know, yeah, American it's, history. It's not a racist. fucking vacuum. And like yeah. for you to like be so like for you to be so pig headed to like be like, how could you not? I'd expect this for some from some Australians or something, you know, some people that don't <laughs> have to deal with black people all the, all the time. But, you know, not some hipsters, man. Not some hipsters. They're dre- you know, some they, these are some well, like I talked to like, the dude on the phone. My age that are dressing you know, like I talked to the dude on the phone. You and know, like to be, they should get it. To, I talked to the dude on the phone. Steven Sue's the general manager. And to be fair to the guy, like, don't you be know, fair to the guy. No, like he was he was shook and he was apologetic and felt really bad about it. And like, you know, we had it. And like, but there's just a certain and, you know, I was talking about this earlier. And I look, I hate 
it's an it's a loaded word, but there is a certain sense of like a white privilege, and like I hate to be like I'm, I've never been that white guy that's like calling other white people racist, or I'm not even calling him a racist. I don't think he is actually. What's a his racist. last name? Sue. He's a boy named Sue. Like, What's wrong with being a white person who calls another white person racist? We kind of we need more of that because otherwise it's just the people of color doing that. On the internet, that, and then it's only on BT. It's only on BT. Internet vision. Isn't the internet all white people calling other white people racist? Um, look, <laughs> I, actually, I don't think it's racist to be like, look, we're gonna have this kind of night. You know, like I like. I've I've spent like time like out of the country and like I've you know just been in certain clubs where it's like oh this is club is just we only play jazz and this club we only play this and da, yeah. da, da, da. I think it's just fine to do that you know um but I think like it's it's with the intent this it's the intent yeah. and and I just yeah. know Hollywood clubs and like yeah, you know. their idea of like keeping a certain style out and trying to like mm-hmm. uphold this aesthetic yeah. and that style and aesthetic is like it's since it it's snobby to be since it's lot, snobby yeah. right it's it's your nose is up so you're looking down on the things that you don't want in there so you don't want you know hip hop you don't because hip hop you know, it's out of your, you know, 1972 dress code and it brings the kids who dress like it's 1998. The, it's, the wrong, it's the wrong element. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, aesthetically element. and they'll start asking for, you know, Jack Daniels and things like that, you know, and like it'll just, it'll fuck up your whole flow. What you know? I want to know is what is what is the dance music thing about? Because what is rock and roll? You know, and that, I, you know, honestly, I think that's bullshit. I mean, I know it is mostly rock, but I've heard. I mean, I, I, I've heard they've had dance shows. I mean, I, I really like, like if they keep the EDM guys out there, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. No Avicii, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just like you know, it it it. I get it, but it's also like, at what point do you like not realize that rap isn't monolithic? Rap is not this thing to be. F- it's it comes off as like it is like a it's it feels, an, it's a fear of the other. It's very 1982. Yeah, yeah. right. It's like I mean, what it's, is it? Fresh Fest, right? Like, this 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not defending it. If it was it'd be, it wouldn't be better 20 years ago. It'd be slightly more understandable. Totally. But well, in Mike, 2013, you're dre- yeah again. Mm-hmm. I think it's what Mike was saying. You're yeah. treating hip hop as if it's this it's one like, thing when no knife fights and as they might be giants mashup. Yeah, no. You know? All right, let's go to the commercial break. Hey, uh, this is uh, National uh, D-Lo Day. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's so the name of the episode. To light it, light it up. So uh, look, up, look D-Lo. up D-Lo, You Played Me. <laughs> Actually, can we play this right now? Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Let's do a little D-Lo. Because this shit is thick right now, bro. I can't take it, man. I feel like, uh, I, feel like I might uh, fucking, you know, go fucking burn something down. <laughs>
cause you paid me That's how that game go that game. But I ain't taking no walks But no go, bitch Tied to a tree Cause I'll snatch a nigga whole bitch It's real macky Yep, that's how that game go A nigga disrespected I'll let that thing go I love you, you Back from that commercial break, shots fired. Very special episode of Blossom. Tight. Um, not to make light of this, because I mean, we we you can know we talk about something else, right? We can. We can talk about. Oh, we we have many subjects. We have many subjects. Um, I think we should go into the Tyler Mountain Dew thing because this was accused of being the most racist commercial ever by a black man, black man who's a sociology professor. I think he's like sixty or seventy, and he was calling who Tyler. That? Who said that? Boyce Watkins. Boy, yes. Did, did, he, did he know yeah. who did it when he said it? <laughs> no. Did he know did. this that Tyler doesn't did. give a fuck about anything? Tyler loves to troll. He told me that in an interview. I go, so like, what was up? Because you know who he had his alias, mm. the name that I, I just don't like saying on yeah. air. Lil, uh, what is it? Lil Young. Oh, young nigga. Lil <laughs> yeah. no. Young nigga. No, no. Young nigga that video is hilarious, dude. <laughs> that video is every video I would like to make. I mean, because it is a form of parody in its own way. Like, no, he's, absolutely. He's, he's a smart guy. Like, he knows what he's doing. It's not like... Yeah. yeah. Somebody told me he's the voice of this generation, of kids of that generation or whatnot, because those kids take nothing serious. Nothing seriously. <laughs> nothing serious. Well, he told me, I go, so when are you going to do something like that again? He goes, like, I don't know any chance I get. He's like, I love trolling. Like, he was just like, I love doing that. Like, because he just likes fucking with people. And mm-hmm. like, that, yeah, I can respect that. I like, swear to God, man. Should, should we play this video? So he got banned from Mountain Dew. Fucking Beavis and Do you want to you see this video? Let's play the video. Well, this I, is, well I think this it's funny just called, by hearing it. You should, I mean, everyone's probably seen this, but we should. I haven't just. seen it. I've never actually seen it since I've heard the audio. Is this a Nosage and Jameson? That sound like that sound like Future. Nosage and Jameson. Hey, Nosage needs, needs to work with Future. Uh, fuck yeah, he does. Yeah. I am just like... Nosage thing made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason on the beat. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. Like, he needs, like, a La Musica the No Such Thing drop. Mother's Day is a time to reflect all right. on all the I sacrifices. This is the worst. So we do this. We got to keep Mother's all this Day. shit. Oh, yeah, keep, keep her in. Mother's Day. Can we talk about her bouffant a little? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, you know why my favorite my Mother's Day is the best, best day ever? Can't spell apologizing right now. Critics call <laughs> oh, the online commercial for Mountain Dew racist. Oh, you got Channel Pepsi 5. Pepsi has pulled the ad, and ABC's Lindsay Davis is here with more on the provocative the, marketing campaign that pushed the envelope too far. Good morning. Did they, did they pull it from the net? Did, yeah, no, it's on the net. Okay. I mean, no, uh, it makes it harder. I'm just... Oh, Rick Roll. Rick Roll. You got to keep that in. You got to keep that in. Too. I do not dump that. I don't have no tolerance for that shit. That's hilarious. What is this, an advanced Rick Roll? What is this? 
kind we'll of genius. See. Um, now, tra- Tyler's the ultimate troll. He made it. If you search <laughs> for this shit, your computer blows the fuck up. <laughs> Tyler is. Yeah, that's what they do. All right, this is another one of these stupid. All right. You play The online me. commercial for Mountain Dew racist. So Pepsi has pulled the ad, and ABC's Lindsay Davis is here with more on the provocative marketing campaign that pushed the envelope too far. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, George. Not only are they calling it racist, some are actually calling it the most racist commercial ever. <laughs> ever. It's like say one guy says Racial it. stereotypes and also makes light of violence toward women. It was all created by a black man who says the storyline is so bizarre, it was never meant to be taken seriously. <laughs> I know my right. The premise of these online ads is absurd enough. Give it to me. A crazy goat who becomes obsessed with Mountain Dew. Give me more. I want it. They've gotten two million views since March. And now there's a sequel. Come on, which one is he? But this morning, some are calling this the most racist commercial ever. The ad features that battered waitress now on crutches being urged to identify a suspect out of a lineup of black men. Yeah, better not snitch on a player. This ad is destructive because it further pushes forward the stereotype of black men as being violent criminals. The backlash growing so big. Big. That's Pepsi not a new stereotype, right? Like, spot saying, how can it push forward know? like something that's like in the forefront of fucking? Well, that's what he's saying. It pushes the old ones again. Yeah. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what he's saying. That's his opinion. You know what I mean? But if everybody, <laughs> if that's like the generals, like like black men know that, white men know like this is all a stereotype. Some people believe it to be true, but this is something that like you know. Like you know, that's ar- yo. Huge I think argument. one of the truth. I think there's no fucking way that they did not know that people would think that was racist. You can't tell me that got through like 20 advertising executives. It's like, oh wait, uh, lineup of all black thug looking guys who is good. You're gonna bring a battered woman. But the like, way you, I on. think the way you get past that is that you tell people it's that a that's, troll move. Well, no, you tell people that that's the group. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a straight up troll move. They knew this was gonna happen, and they got more. At, at, who the fuck drinks Mountain Dew? This is the <laughs> best. Of, like, when was the last time you? saw anybody drinking Mountain Dew. Hey, that you was know, not a computer program. You know what's racist? <laughs> Mountain Dew Code Red. Now that's fucking racist. They invented Mountain Dew Code Red because <laughs> black people like fruit flavored drinks, alright? Yo, oh, I because was thinking like Native Americans. <laughs> I, was all, I was all fucked up. Like, really? No, code Red? Yeah, they, they, they really invented Mountain Dew Code Red to like get the urbans. Wow. Get the herbs. Get you that know? Kool-Aid Red money. Yeah, low key. I hear you. Yeah, Did you see that? There's a new Kool-Aid commercial where the Kool-Aid man is all like introspective and quirky. Now. <laughs> That's amazing. He's just he's like, like directed by Ang Lee. He says something about um, like he's trying to get somebody to drink one of those new uh, Kool-Aid little squeezer pack things or something. <laughs> yeah. And um, he's like, yeah, people think I'm weird when I try to drink out of my own head. <laughs> yeah, see that, see that. <laughs> really, the Kool-Aid like, man, he's run through walls. Now. It's like, he's like, now he's got dialogue. Okay. All right. Hey, but kids are pussified now, bro. Like, <laughs> so. The Kool-Aid, back, back in those, those days, you know, the new we, were watching, we were watching Terminator and shit. Like, they don't have that. Like, the Kool-Aid man busting through the walls was Yo, man, exciting. They got some first-person shooter video games that, like... Oh, it's real, real talk, real talk. Right. <laughs> is fun. I mean... I, I do talk out of my ass. What do you think about that? That's my job on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I was was not ready for that throw. (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny because a friend of mine sent it to me basically just to say, what's your opinion of this? Uh I was watching this and my first impulse is, my God, this is insanely offensive. And I said, who who did this? He goes, some guy named Tyler the Crit. I'm like, oh. I'm like, well. (laughs) That's why, yeah. Right. And my second thought is, this is exactly the kind of ad he would create. Now, the thing is, I mean, 
I, I've tried to figure out. Did Mountain? Did no one at Mountain Dew vet this? Did they not? They realize? had to know that it was going to cause a controversy. All right. In the which best case, publicity they've ever gotten. Well, in which case, why did they? Why did they fire Tyler if he accomplished exactly what he was hired to do? No, well, they haven't I, officially I, honestly, fired. Him. Oh, they didn't fire. Okay, so they, they pulled the ad. They, they pulled, pulled the ad. ad. Oh, but oh, we we'll see. They yeah. asked Clancy, the manager. They're like, "Are there going to be any more of these ads?" I think they had one more go. See, so he's like, right. "You'll have to ask Mountain Dew that." Right. I right. think they probably will, maybe at a later date. You know, do something with it. No, I mean, Maybe you, not. You, you get in bed with Tyler because you know what he brings up. to the table. I mean, yeah, completely. Right. So, did they me, not read any of? Apparently, no one is reading these think pieces. Right. I mean, why, why would they have hired him if they didn't have any idea as to what his reputation, what his track completely. record is? The moral of the story is: these fucking GMs and suits aren't doing their fucking research on these rappers that they're hiring. <laughs> but what Jeff is saying is that they do, and that they wanted to get Tyler because they, he could produce something that was going to be viral, viral. right? Yeah. And that they could reap the benefits of the controversy. What is he yeah, never not the thing is, I don't know if, 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 if it's the same in terms of their benefit if they have to pull it. You know what I mean? It's viral. It works for them best if they can keep it around and keep garnering. Like the Harlem. But, like Mountain Dew is in the news. doesn't matter if the ad is pulled or not. Yeah. Mountain Dew is in the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... I don't know. I don't know if this, if that kind of negative press. I know they say no, no press is 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 bad press, but I'm not sure if if they wouldn't prefer to have something equally as talked about, but Check for it to be out. some reason it's not so negative. All you got to do is hear Mountain Dew while you're getting out of your car. How many times? I'll put it this way: like, Yo, how many times? Have we, how many times have we said Mountain Dew? Right. There you go. They See? won. They won. I don't know they if won. that's a win. Mountain one just appeared in my hand magically. Because I mean, if you like Mountain Dew and then like, but no one likes Mountain Dew, so they have to do this, these stunts. No, no. QA. Video game testers love Mountain Dew. Yeah. I, I was in QA. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. All we <laughs> that's why I said that. Computer programmer. Yeah. All right. Can we go into the little Wayne one? This is he also got for his, his Emmett Till line. Should we play this? But it's just because I want to hear Future's Karate Chop remix more. All right. Cool. But, okay. but uh... And little Wayne. I mean, I just like how it's like it's just young black men pissing off old black men. That's all it is. Or old black people like like this is this is what's been happening in the black community, like silent behind closed doors for years, and then now it's on a huge large stage. Well, no, I guess it happened in the NWA times, right? Yo, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think it's... It's, it's, a, it's a lot less threatening. It's more fucking silly I mean, now. But Bill Cosby's been kind of saying these things for... We were talking about that with... Uh, but. I mean, there's always been that I think divide. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not fit to talk about it. I have to say, this generation definitely doesn't take things as serious as that that generation. Well, they didn't well, have the to rich go through. ones. Don't for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? like, they also didn't have hey, to. Don't have to fucking think about anything. They're fucking rich. Well, I mean, I guess they end up apologizing. So, you know, obviously Rick they Ross with the bit. rape thing. We're getting there. <laughs> I just want to talk about how Lil Wayne has become unlistenable. Like, unlistenable. I mean, I feel like everything he says is about his dick now. And, like, it's like fart joke. He's fart joke, Lil Wayne. Beavis and Butthead, Lil Wayne. Yeah. I like how Future is the best vocalist in hip hop right now. Next to Open Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. Free bands. <laughs> I mean, this is an amazing band. Have, right, have you ever seen him live? You sure? I was supposed to last Friday, then I got definitely ill. I just wonder what they do to get the auto. I mean, like to get it. You can get that easy. He swat up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, I'm just there's gonna, so many future imitators right now, and I kind of like almost all of them. How many? Like they do all. There's a all, lot. Auto tune all the time. Okay, yeah. There's Cash Out. Cash Out is straight up like. Then there's this dude, Rich Homie Quan, who's actually really good. He's got one really good song. But that, they do all auto tune all the time. Young Thug, all auto tune all the time. And I then am, Kevin Gates, who is not a future imitator, but does a lot of fucking auto tune. I'm gonna tell you this right now. This whole verse is in the same freaking cadence. Ask any drummer. Ask anybody how hard it is to do the same thing. Over and over and over and over and over again in the same pocket. A lot of people like you know they're like, oh that's really that sounds so simple. It's hard to do that, dude. That's like oh, that's amazing. I don't think it'd be hard for you to do. Yeah, well, I've been doing this shit for like ten years. So it's future. Cause it's old, old niggas winning. <laughs> Shout out to Danny Brown. <laughs> Two chains. Two chains. Yeah. I don't think they'll. We didn't talk about the Danny Brown controversy. Can we not talk about Danny Brown's penis? Can we get through this without talking? I'm so tired of hearing about Danny Brown's penis. Oh my God. Like, you want to DM that dude. Like, dude, get your dick out of check my this, timeline, check dude. Check this out. Check this out. You should have been this passionate when we were talking about the goddamn Harvard and Stone. How about that? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I wrote, I wrote and I got all that shit yeah. off. Right? <laughs> I, had, I had wrote a think piece about Danny Brown's penis. But with Harvard Stone book Danny Brown's penis. That's the question. They would, of course. Oh, they would. would, they they would. No, 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 no. Money the question over is, would racism. They book, would they book Kitty Pride? Wow. <laughs> and uh, I. Yeah, uh, I mean, now no. Where's little? Somebody told me they saw Drake there in 2009. Where? At fucking Harvard and Stone. Yeah, because he's a fucking hipster. Or he's yeah. chasing a hipster bitch. Come on. Like, I've been to Harvard and Stone. You know who I was there with? No. Where is Lil Wayne's? The chick that's a second, this Rob's ex. I can't even. Oh. That, kind of, that kind of person would be there. You I know can't even. Saying? I don't even know where the Lil Wayne line. It, like, this, this is the worst fucking YouTube version. Anyways. Anyways, but he said he'd be at the pussy up like Emmett Till, right? And that's like the line. Yeah, yeah. Which is the worst written line, like, ever. Yeah. But kids, who is Lil Wayne's ghostwriter now is really the question. Because, <laughs> like, that is, like, what's <laughs> happening. I like, mean, I feel like, you know, like Little Wayne's yeah. little Little Wayne's ghostwriter is arrogance. No. Everything I do is good. It was Drake for like two years. I, for no, sure. No, I mean like it's it's, it's arrogance, not a person, not uh, a rapper. He's just I wait everything I say I, is Yeah, good. I didn't think there's a rapper named Arrogance. Should be, though. That's, that's he should run around white. They should be though. He right. should run around MC spraying Hubris. himself with perfume. Like like the, <laughs> like the wrestler did. Oh uh, gorgeous George. And, no, Rick Martell the model. He had a, oh, yeah, he had yeah, a yeah. perfume called yeah. arrogance. He used oh, to yeah. spray people in the eyes with it and make them blind. And the rapper should do that too. Yeah. So who dropped Wayne over this? I forget. I can't keep track of the number of corporate, you know. And the NW's Mountain. NAACP oh, yeah, well, came Mountain Dew, they were oh, wow. two for the price of one. Wow. See, Mountain Dew has been trying to get the young urban <laughs> urban guys for a long time. Code Red fucked Sprite up. Sprite gave up. Sprite, Sprite didn't give up. R.I.P. Crisscross. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know what? I was, I was watching the other day that video jam that Michael Jackson did with Michael Jordan. And Macaulay Culkin. There's hella dead people in that video, heavy man. Deed. Michael Jackson heavy loved deed. dead people. Yeah, I mean, well, it was heavy Michael Jackson, right? Heavy Deed, Crisscross. Oh, Jesus Christ. Macaulay Culkin's like, dead. Was he in that video? Yeah. I think Macaulay Culkin's dead, too. I think he is. No, he's alive. No, he's alive. <laughs> I mean, okay. Spiritually. Um, no, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, we knew, is dead, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He was dating Mila Kunis, wasn't he, for like a few years? Hey, Mila Serious? Kunis is bad. And the best... Some, must have been way before she was rich. I think it was before she okay. was rich, yeah. The best, the best compliment <laughs> that you can give a skinny brunette out in these streets right now is say, you look like Mila Kunis. Yeah. Draws wet. <laughs> Off top. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you are. It's like this is like when I got asked yesterday to do an interview with Antonio Sabato Jr. about dating tips for men. You should have done that. Yeah, yeah, maybe for your next interview. Okay. Yeah, it was like that was the worst day, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Would you like to interview Antonio Sabato Jr. about dating tips for men?" And I was like, 
I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. No, you know who you need dating tips for is uh, from is DJ D Styles. Yeah, he's got, he got the best dating tips. Well, we should have D Styles on for. Uh... <laughs> for one, D Styles won't show you the real him, and that is no point. I mean, we can have him on to talk about turntablism, but what, you know, like we need like a shrink in here to get in his head. All right, make him say all the real stuff. I think we need to have the Rick Ross thing now because this is actually probably of all the ones. This is, this is not mean, racist though. It's not racist, but it's offensive. It's offensive to who? Yeah. To women, to women don't like to be date raped. You know, I'm just playing country dumb. I know who. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, he says, I mean, this is what he, I mean, have you heard this? All oh, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. hasn't? Well, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm sure many people haven't, but. Hey, I want to make a song called The Roofie Gun. I mean, this is. this is. <laughs> I got a roofie ri- gun. This is by Rocco. I got Rock. a roofie run. You got a coochie Shout run. Out to Rocco I got get, a roofie gun. It, you got a coochie run. <laughs> I got a roofie gun. gun. Yeah. Wow. Auto tune that shit, dude. <laughs> Straight to the top of the charts, man. I shot it in the mouth, then shot it in the mouth. <laughs> then I left the house. She, she don't know what it's about. She woke up in the morning. She had a rape kit. She said, I'm feeling weird because she really can't sit. Root, you know, like, like, it's all rape, all. all. The whole the whole song? The whole thing. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. The roofie gun. Somebody could sample that off of the podcast, man. Automatic roofie gun. I'm gonna have to scream, uh, scream shots fired. Oh, yeah. This is the best beat of the year. As far as I'm so I play, this, this is just the best beat ever. Future's on this too, right? Yeah, yeah this is him. <laughs> Obviously, he's on every song that anybody has ever liked in the last 12 months. Future is a guy that people get in trouble around, and he never gets in trouble. And they're like, you should be more like him. You should be more like him. Why can't you be more like Future? And he's like smoking a blunt quietly. He's smoking a blunt. He's, he's sitting in the strip club. But now yeah. he's like hanging out with Ciara. Exactly. The one thing I he, like, Future like writes a lot of romantic stuff. He, you know, like a lot of like. Like, look at him, he's a poet. He talks about, like, what he did in the past and how he no longer does that because he's trying to be a good person. I just hope Future doesn't fuck up and then, like, get into a domestic problem with Sierra. <laughs> I just don't, I hope it doesn't happen. Because the only thing that can take a guy like that down. Yeah, we're gonna, we've got a son called Karate Chop, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> if he hits her hard enough, no one will ever know. I want, like, a series of Future, like, doing karate. Like, I just wanted for the video. It's like... This is this year's Bands of Maker Dance. I just want Future to do a fucking acoustic set on MTV Unplugged like Nirvana. That's all I want. No auto tune? No, I mean auto tune if you want, you know. But I just need to, I just need that, I just need that, that acoustic guitar. No band. This is Rick Ross version. You should be more like Future. I die over these Reeboks. You ain't need no. He said Reeboks. all in her champagne. She ain't need no. I took her home and I enjoyed that. She ain't need no. I stop. Right. I got daughters. That's uh, you know what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's disturbing on so many levels. I never even heard it. I never even. Heard, I just I read it. It's disturbing on somebody. I mean, because it's like. Then you have to picture it's and then you, on top of it being just horrible and you know date rapey. And then you're like Rick Ross doing it too, yeah. like naked Rick Ross, and then like the ghost climbing of on some like Molly. And like, has Rick Ross ever done Molly? Like Molly doesn't like make you unconscious. <laughs> like I could imagine the ghost of Bradley from Sublime <gasps> in the corner. And Take this. Like, Let's go listen to Avicii. <laughs> Molly and she didn't even. Let's know go that. listen to Skrillex online. That ain't, that ain't Molly. 
<laughs> what? No, whatever he's giving her is not Molly. <laughs> he recrosses. It's a fake contraband. Yeah. Put Molly on his fried chicken. What he did you even do? I mean, uh, Oliver, let me, let me turn the mic over to you. How am I supposed to answer that? I mean, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. not a lot of nuance how, to a response with that. On a scale of 1 that. to 12, how contemptible is it? <laughs> <laughs> it goes to what? It goes to 13. How about that? Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything intelligent to add to something that's that is sort of just plainly out there in terms of being patently offensive. But um, he got dropped by Reebok, right, right, and he shouted him out in the first man. He tried to cover <laughs> his ass. He tried, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, it's like when was the last time anyone shouted out Reebok in the fucking first show? <laughs> he, he would have gotta to be Shaq. He would have to have been being paid. It's gotta be I mean? Shaq. That's yeah, I'm just saying that. though. Like, I just I feel like like women didn't get that angry at Odd Future, right? Did they like they didn't have any sponsorships? But motherfuckers were like, they weren't boycotting XL when they signed, you know, Tyler. They weren't like at Coachella, no, like no, burning no, no, bras, no, no. were they? Black no, people don't. No, there was don't even know. No, no, there was a not. It wasn't black people. One black woman didn't hear a record. I'm no, just saying, like black, the black female massive don't really know who no, the fuck Tyler fuck is. No, Nigga, no. if you type, if you go on bossup.com and type in Odd Future, I swear to God, something will come up. Yeah, after <laughs> pages and pages of Halle Berry, though. You know what I mean? Like you <laughs> yeah. got to get through a lot to get to the one Tyler article, if there is one. And it ain't got no goddamn music in it. That's for sure. Real yeah, talk, so, uh, Odd Future is yeah. You get like Odd Future said the kid speaks about her sexuality. On Boston. Oh, you get you get Frank first, Ocean. Oh, yeah. You get Frank Ocean. Yeah, okay, but no, <laughs> Sid the kid, and then Frank Ocean. You later. might not get Sid. You know That's what okay. it just said. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Terry Richardson, and then like the, Tyler talking about Frank Ocean being gay. <laughs> That's right. the first. Yeah. Erica Badu and Odd Future performance South by Southwest. Another thing about the internet. Oh, so black women don't know any performer fucking Erica Badu. Get the they fuck out of don't, here. They, you, are you kidding me? How many black women you know that have heard Tyler's music? Everyone. They are don't you enjoy, serious? They don't enjoy it. Like, my but mama heard it. No, 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 no. I think that. But that's what your mama no, we talking. We were talking about, though. You know what I mean? That's I'm just who saying. goes on gossip is people. I'm just mamas. saying. 20, 20 year old <laughs> women are enraged at Rick Ross as well as forty year old women, and or what whatnot. And, you know why? But twenty year old women were enraged. Black at, women listen to Rick Ross. That's it. You that's know what it. I mean? So they just feel betrayed. That's exactly. all it is. Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. All right. It, and to add, I mean, it's also the timing with the Steubenville rape case. I mean, yeah. I think the whole, I don't even know what that is. Steubenville? Yeah, in Ohio. Okay. All right. So yeah, enlighten me. Well, I mean, this was bigger news. Well, depending yeah. on where you get your news from, but I mean, this was a case I where get my news from Jeff, where a uh, a young woman had had passed out. <laughs> I get my out news from cartoons and basically been passed around, and people were raping her while she was unconscious. Wow. This was like a Taking, sports team or something. It was yeah. a members of a, a high school football yeah. team. You did okay. hear about it, right? Okay, yeah, I yeah. guess yeah. Video, the video. Right, they were the, they videotaped off of a phone. They were passing around the video, and yeah. and the, the case basically went huge on social media because no, no one had been prosecuted yet, and the DA or the police in, the, in that city had basically. Had to respond after everyone else around the country, we, you know, were, were outraged. Yeah. So the, the sort of timing, like the Harvard and Stone thing, right? Like yeah, something like that. So the timing, yeah. the timing of Rick Ross's verse lines up exactly around the time when the sort of the Steuben built things blowing up. If this had happened a year ago, I mean, I'm sure Ross would have gotten heat for yeah. it, no matter what. Yeah. But it completely sort of it completely amplified what was you know a well, small verse from a a guest appearance. Turn, think, and turn into something much bigger also, because of the, the coincidence in timing. I think it's also worth talking about that, like, you know, and these are things where it's like, you know, and it goes back to the Tyler thing where, like, these are, if you've listened to hip-hop your whole life, these are things that you're like, I mean, Biggie's got that song, Dreams, where he's talking about how he wants to, like, fuck every R&B singer and kind of like... But rape. Or like, no, but Biggie, but like, has, rape. Biggie has songs where he's like, fuck him in the ass, throw him over the bridge. Like, like he's sodomizing people with brooms and shit. Like, yeah, but every rapper... For the most part, 
in that the per- 90s, in that perspective, least. that is like okay. The guy stole dope money from me, so <laughs> he, he, deserve, he deserves what he gets. And Busy, Biggie has a lot of questionably homosexual lines, but uh, <laughs> but like this is and like a named, I'm, I'm a, a fat named. famous guy at a party, and I'm gonna slip her a fucking Molly as if you had to do that when you're fucking famous. And, well, look at Rick Ross. I mean, sometimes women. Well, I bet they Rick do Ross. disgusting things. I've seen girls that will suck off a gargoyle for some fucking extra followers on Twitter. You know, I mean, you know, but I mean, we, we got to name names. I ain't gonna, name, I ain't gonna <laughs> name names because if I get divorced, I need some fucking rebound badge. I mean, I, you want the one that sucked off the gargoyle? Do you, yes. feel, do you feel like yes. the social media? Not only does she suck off the gargoyle, she understands. Do you feel like the social media brings these issues more to light? Because it's I like, feel like the the hip hop audience is way different than it used to be now. You know, where Biggie, you know, for is for as big as his club hits were, it still wasn't as pervasive as rap is now. No. I mean, it was kind of right before that. He totally. kind of brought that yeah, about. He, but, I sure it's like it's just like what happened with Eminem. Like Eminem used to throw out, you know, throw out all the homophobic stuff and the gay slurs real hard. But he came from the underground where you could do all of that. Yeah. And then when he became mainstream, it kind of changed the dialogue a little bit. Now all of a sudden, we have to be mindful of what people who aren't necessarily hip hop heads are totally. going to say when we say something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's different now, I think. Well, I guess ties in like back to I guess the Harvard and Stone thing too. It's like that's a, that outdated image of what hip hop is. People have this monolithic image of what hip hop is, what hip hop was. It's not like that. You can find I, I I it's you can't. How can you even talk about hip hop at this point as like a, a genre? You can barely talk about. You can't even talk about one city monolithically. There's like five different scenes now, and like every if we could talk about it as a genre, we wouldn't have twenty something episodes. We'd be right. done on number fucking five. <laughs> I, I held up the number yeah, four. four. <laughs> zigzag. Yeah, well, fair enough. But you know, we we are like trying to zigzag all over. The, I mean, like, can we go on a break real quick? Because I'm tired of thinking. Shots fired. We're back. We had an, we had an amazing break. We're hey, out. yo. I just had a funny thought. Chewing, I know you guys are going to get mad, but I thought about the Harvard and Stone. And the reason why people don't like, sometimes don't want hip hop in their venues, right? I'm singing graffiti, right? So if we take graffiti out of the four elements of hip hop and put it into one of the four <laughs> elements of hipsterism, would that change how people in hip hop are treated? I think you should decree it and I'll, and I'll second it and then we'll try to get it ratified. I'm cool. I don't want them tag bangers on me like that. That's right. So I guess the third um, is, is Scarface has now been kind of just going off lately. and he, At Israel? <laughs> no, not at Israel directly. <laughs> which would make actually, which would probably be, because like, I don't know. like it, Dance around that one. I'm going to just dance around <laughs> that one. I, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going. Shots Well, you know, there is a difference between... It's a word thing. It's like if you're going off against Israel, that's fine. That's a political viewpoint that you hold. But when you refer to it as the Jews, then you're like, right. yeah, okay, blood libel person. Um, but <laughs> so anyway, Scarface said in this interview with Hard Knock TV, um, it's like I said, I feel we are losing control of hip hop. I feel like the people that are in control of what hip-hop does is so fucking white and so fucking Jewish. And so they don't give a fuck about what the culture and the craft is about. Let me say this shit right because I want to be as offensive as I can fucking make it for these old-ass punks that's running these record labels that's in the powerful positions to dictate what the black community hears and listens to. Mm. I fucking hate that shit. That shit pisses me off. There's no fucking way that you can tell me that's not a conspiracy against the blacks and hip-hop. You put out fucking records and make us look stupid. You make us look dumb. You brainwash a generation of hip-hoppers with this fucking crud. And then when these other rappers come out, splitting it down the middle, these other motherfuckers shit sound like, wow, y'all look great, y'all look stupid. And motherfuckers start going over here, and pretty soon hip-hop is white now. Which he kind of got a little 
convoluted. I think at the end. I mean, like, I mean, look, there's probably. I hate it. (laughs) They're probably like I. I don't. Truth, like having interviewed, and I'm sure you've interviewed plenty of people. I have never met one record executive that gives a fuck about anything they're putting out, other than how much money it makes. Mm -hmm. They are complete. Like they're they're culturally agnostic. It's whatever. It's like they're just. They're just capitalists. Like and business, look, business who, doesn't give a fuck. You know, about harder race. is to keep your job. The keeping your job at a record label is like the hardest job to keep. Right now, everybody that I works at that work at record labels right now are uh, that I see in the hip hop department. Right. Yeah. At uh, Interscope and at Warner or whatever, they're young black kids with you know high tops and or they're, they're my age. They're high high top afros, high top shoes. Like they are, you know, blipsters basically. You know. Yeah. So I I don't see what he's saying at all. Like. Kendrick and you know well, it's like maybe Lior Cohn <laughs> like it's just like I feel like Lior Cohn I think I think you know these old dudes have done a good job of letting cool young young black dudes fucking you know find the talent right now I don't I don't see what he's saying but what would he what I feel like what old dudes like that want old rappers like that want they want it to be like it was in the 90s and yeah. so when they see you know skinny jeans and they hear songs when they when there's a young you know homosexual R&B singer you know like or bisexual R&B singer they cringe cuz it's not like it used to be you know yeah I, I love Uncle Scarface though. No, he's amazing but at the I, sa- I, I mean like it just doesn't make any sense how you can say that cuz it's just like Kendrick Lamar, I think, is sort of proof that, like, yeah, he did make a good record that's not, you know, commercially compromised at all, and he became really popular, mm-hmm. you know, and got played all over the radio. And I mean, Chance the Rapper now, like, that shit is really popular among um, kids. Drake, everything Drake, that's like happened, Drake, yeah. everything that's happened, like, you know, I just say, like, the That's mo- why Drake's popular, because of the Jews in the industry. They wanted one finally. <laughs> I mean, you know, we a, got him. That, that's a demographic. And he wears sweaters. MC Search wasn't enough. I mean, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. We needed a we new, new Beastie one. Boy, so we have. Drake. My question. My question. <laughs> when is there going to be like an Asian mainstream rapper? I mean, Far East Movement. No. I mean, yeah. I'd be, I'm yeah. talking about like hip hop down the line. That's that's a pop act. That's dance music. That's that dance would not music. be allowed at Harvard and Stone no. either. Far East <laughs> yeah. Movement could not that, get in there because it'd be like it'd be blacks, Jews, and Asians in that motherfucker. Yeah, all in fitted caps. And gays, and they'd hate it. Uh, I get that question a lot. Do you really? The, yeah, I do, and I've been I've been answering that question. Are you for tired about, of it? It's not that I'm tired of it. It's just I don't have an I don't have a different answer from from the one I've been giving about twenty years. Which is what's sick. the answer? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's a smart I, person answer. I, mean, I need you to <laughs> give this man some fucking whiskey. <laughs> give him some fucking whiskey. I think. Do Do I think it's going to happen inevitably? Yeah, but I, I I don't know what the conditions would be for it to for that to happen. I mean, you could argue that it will take someone of immense, extraordinary Eminem esque you know esque level talent in order to make that happen, or you could just get really lucky because that's what happens in pop music as well. Yeah, um, I definitely think that audiences, I think record executives are really skeptical about an Asian American being a, a quote unquote legitimate you know authentic rapper. I'm using I got scare quotes. You can't see this on radio, but yeah. I mean, I think that's that's part of the concern. What about, are there any Asian men that are like like you know, like lead actors in any like major like films and shit like that. Will that work if if that happens? Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I, <laughs> all right, I got this thing. I got Asian r- rapper homies. You know, yeah, we, yeah. We, he's in a crew with this dude, Dumbfounder. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, them. we're from yeah, Project yeah. Blow. You yeah, know, yeah. like yeah. Uh, you know, we had Alexander Spit uh, here, or whatnot. But uh, I think a lot of uh, I don't I don't know, man. Uh, I'm I'm I I was bullied as a kid, right? So every time I see something happen to some to a group of people, I get all hypersensitive, right? right. So uh, I see like a, a you know the fact that there's no you know lead 
Asian male dudes doing anything other than being like the terrorist or the kung fu guy in 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 like in media. Or like Ken Jeong who like I mean I kind of was Ken offended Jeong, what movie? from the hangover. His shit was a like bad Asian. I kinda, well, that's, that's kinda comedy. Like, I kind of like Ken, but I'm I'm in the minority of my people's on, yeah, on Ken. Yeah, I thought Jeong, it was a actually. bad stereotype. But no, no, there's actually no, I think I think it's better than it was let's say 10 years ago and certainly Absolutely. better than it was 20 years ago. That I mean, doesn't it's mean it's good. Be, it's better be better doesn't mean good. Yeah. It just means better. So you got like, you know, Daniel Day Kim, right? He was mm. on Lost, he's on uh, Hawaii 50. Mm. You got um, what's his uh, Sun Kang who's in the Fast and the Furious series who mm. has been in the three sequels even though he died in number four I think that's fantastic shout she out to Justin back. Lin Asian Jesus yeah, like. right. I mean yeah. Justin was a pretty big director I right mean, right so I mean I think there, there, are, there are many examples out there maybe there are more exceptions than the rule yeah, yeah. I think hip hop is going to remain I mean it's a tough nut to crack but it's but not Far just Far I'm sorry to interrupt well you. I mean yeah but for a lot of people say well Far East movement isn't really making like the, what you know? What yeah. what you're, you're saying? I'm, I'm talking like front cover like like XXL. A, okay, I'm right. talking about right. like the the right. the the credible, not like because there's a lot of you know uh, industry like flow riders and all that. I put them in the cat category as flow riders. You know, if you I mean, truthfully, I think the fact I mean, Farry's movement really did cross over to the fact because I remember like my like sure. little twelve year old cousin. I remember telling talking about them, and I was just like. You've 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 met the Far East movement, and so that to me that crossed over to this in the sense that like little twelve year old white girls like going having the bar mitzvah like mm. looked at them as kind of like heartthrobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's only a matter of time before that one transcendent Asian rapper comes along and kind of mm-hmm. you know makes the conversation irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so somebody, somebody. I kind of like how they're you know how they're supporting each other though, like just within that community. How you know, like a guy like Dumbfounded is able to have a whole really popping career. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, mm-hmm. being marketed towards the same demographic. I think that's really dope in itself. I mean, you know, even beyond that's some the crossover thing. Shit, yeah. I mean, I don't know no, if it is. Faris, Faris kind of came up in that in that K Town scene, like playing right. that. You know, the Carl yeah. Choi was the manager. I, mean, I was going to say, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen the same way it happened for Faris Movement, which is they're not waiting for some executive to sort of you know take a chance on them and sign them and put a promotional budget they're just going to build it from the ground up do shows where they can get it and the K-Town scene has been really supportive mm-hmm. in terms of providing a platform venue space you know all these things that are essential to any artist to be able to get a start and I think you build from there Forest Boom got very I mean they got very fortunate in terms of you know they made a you know one hit song that yeah. really 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 put them on the map mm-hmm. but they're not an overnight success no. I mean they've been grinding for years and I think mm-hmm. whenever that sort of yeah, again, even that first hit was really the second big hit really, Right, yeah. and I think so. Whenever, whenever that you know that person makes it to the cover of, of XXL, I think it's going to be through a route where they really would have just ground out that career over years, and then mm-hmm. they have sort of this, this moment where they tip over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's tough. I mean, you know, the, the, the example that I always give is that you can talk about Eminem, but how many other successful white rappers have there been since Eminem? Yeah, and it's a, if you're not black, you're not male. Yeah. I think that, that it's, it's difficult <laughs> yeah, for audiences. Yeah. And for other gatekeepers to take you seriously. Well, there. I mean, there. I have, think the audience is number one because like I mean, the numbers have to. But be. to be, I mean, like, oh, I think white people in their own way have almost carved out their own thing. The way that like Asian rap, like Mac Miller. How many black fans do you think Mac Miller really has? Probably, yeah, good, probably good number. Probably Some a good number. Yeah. Or like Asher Roth. Probably not probably not so many. But but really, before Macklemore, right? Before, before this yeah, year. Before this year. In between him and Eminem, I mean, I mean. Mac Miller has, has had really his pop. success, but Bubba Sparks sort of, you know. But like, again, I mean, but we can we can name them right here in one hand yeah. over the last ten years. But some yeah. of the biggest touring acts, like in indie hip hop, Slug were white for a long time. Still I mean, Slug, Slug is as big of a star as you know, almost 
most of these mainstream rappers. But we're not talking Jay-Z, Rick Ross level. We're not talking Lil Wayne level. No, mm-hmm. right? no that's true. We're talking underground. And, and on the underground, Asian-American rappers have always been in that mix. You know, mm-hmm. Shout out to the Mountain Brothers. You know? So yeah, yeah. it's not like this is a new phenomenon. Yeah. They've been there. It's, it's getting up that chain to where you're at the top of the, of the, uh, yeah. you know, top of the game. That, I think, is going to be much more difficult for the reasons we've already been talking about. I think it may happen one day. You know, what about but I don't know what's going to take for it to what fully about get America, wake up! Know, okay, Psy was pretty popping last year. Hey, right, Psy was right. my favorite rapper last year. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah, you really like Psy. That was your favorite song of last year. I mean, I'm, look, because you identified with him. Well, like I identified with him just because he's had like ten years worth of records, and I like that he brought Hammer on stage. That was really yeah, I cool. That. You know, um, yeah. Um, uh, what, what is there to talk about? Oh. I, I mean, I, you know, I think we could just go back and kind of Uncle start it up. I mean, but there are like, you know, the issue that we kind of were talking about with like the Harvard and Stone thing. I mean, you see it in other places, the, you know, the Jay-Z at Glastonbury thing where people like, you know, Oasis bugged out because, oh, God forbid that hip hop is going to sully this like this festival. And like it does lead to, to questions. And like I'm not I don't think anybody's necessarily saying they are racist people or anything because that's not a word I think anyone really wants to throw around lightly but it does raise questions when you insist upon like something that does by default I mean it's it default segregates people a long time ago I was in the city of Portland I like the city of Portland now because I understand it, but I because of the strip clubs. Nah, it was, I don't. It's not, not the strip clubs, but they, you know, they, got a lot of them, but they're they, bad. They add, Very bad. Add you haven't been to all of them though. I've been to enough. All right. Well, look, my my first sidebar, my second <laughs> run in with Portland. Uh, I met a chick that uh, you know, basically, I was trying to like book this last minute show, and she was like down to like book the show, and it was like some, uh, it was like a lot, it, it was a uh, you know the some Def Jux affiliates playing the show and I was like yeah you know I'll play for free whatever she was down and then I gave her the whole run like oh yeah well, I'm from Project Blowed and then she like this is like early 2000s right and she was just like oh wait no this is not you know brand wise this is not really what we're gonna go for and whoop de whoop de whoop I was like oh you let my hopes down or whatnot." Um but I feel like when when I'm, I'm a big thing uh Squares. This this is a word I use all, all the time. People that are outside of the creation of something are I call them squares. Like you know, like people that are really into this, like into cars. I'm 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 a square when it comes to cars. You know, so like this promoter chick is like not really in the rap thing, but she really you know felt like she owned a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. She she drew a line, you know, and I feel like with the Glastonbury thing, Jay Z at the Glastonbury was like some rock guys that aren't really like they're like guys that are making rock forty years after rock was, you know, invented or whatnot, and they're trying to make rules for it, you know? And I don't I think like the guys that invented rock would be like, oh no, I fuck with that because, you know, I relate to it in some way. But, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just I I guess as as a person that like likes the idea of progress and people mixing together and ideas because if you really look at and like and i guess like just not like just on a, like a, on an abstract level not even take into it like it's such a just a bad look for everyone involved to not mix because if you look at like i mean we were talking about it before but like every like the clash toured with grandmaster flash like your favorite band's the clash i'm like i didn't well, know that i talked to the guy i was like dude you know the clash toured with rappers you know the clash has a rap song like and it's just like is that one of their worst songs? No, it's a great song. It's called The Magnificent Seven. It's awesome. Have you heard the Magic Johnson song by Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> I don't think so. Can we play that real quick? Oh, no. no how about, how about the not. R.E.M. song with KRS-One? That's, a, oh. that's another gem. Like, look, uh, we don't have Teenage, to fan club, Teenage fan club, Taylor Soul. Oh, the entire Judgment Night. But that's the best it was ever done. We can't bring that one in. Well, I'm talking about bad examples. Bad examples. Yeah, Magic Johnson is bad. Bad Johnson rapped? No, 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 no. It's Anthony Kiedis. He's like, Magic Johnson is awesome. 
Oh, was it from like the 80, mid eighties when they had? Well, I mean, but the, even then, like, the Chili Peppers were like every bro's favorite band, right? All right, they had George Clinton fucking producing their first or second record. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they were. It's just such a stupid, or it's like analog rock and roll. We're talking about that. It's like all right, so what? Like you can't have Radiohead after Kid A. You can only have Joe Walsh. <laughs> only Joe Walsh all the time. Analog man. And like, who are the people that are still obsessed with that idea of purity? But you know what? I'm down with having all of those people in a room together all the time and staying the fuck out of my life. So I'm okay <laughs> with them. You know what I mean? Just Ooh. do your shit over there so you don't be over here fuck with my shit. That's fine. But you know what I mean? Just don't even sideways by accident get me involved in that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, my, my gonna, bad. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Apparently. Lay on that know. grenade, boy. I need to vet. Nah, right. they need to. Vet. Well, I mean, you know I thought I mean? a band called Chicano Batman would <laughs> Like, come on like I mean really like I was like how could you book a band called Chicano Batman and then blanch over the fact that you're having like a rap guy that samples pavement like I don't even consider like it's like a rapper it's like the idea of like branding you a rapper is so absurd because it's like you sing half the time anyways yeah I just keep coming back this idea of what what is in what is their conception of what hip-hop or what a rap a rapper or rap music is. I mean, is it simply, is anyone rhyming over a syncopated beat not allowed to perform there? It just... One of the Dame Funk thing, too, is like they were trying to backtrack and say that they weren't, but it's, I'm like, it's still on, I was talking to him, I'm like, you realize it's still on your website right now, and he's like, oh, it's not spot. I mean, you're like, well, but it is, so it's like, what is your point? Like, were you going to call, I mean, I would have, the truth is, if they, if Dame Funk had gone along and, and they tried to book, take him off at the last second, there would have been, I mean, been way Dame Funk would have been, been way, so way mad. Shit. Dame Funk would have like, yeah, he he would you, you goofballs. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Dame, that's my Dame impression. <laughs> yeah. sure. No, but it, it's just again, it, you know, and I think it, they thought that like they probably, you know, and I think you were saying it earlier, the nail on the head. Like if this didn't, make, if this didn't end up being a big deal, like they're not apologetic. They didn't invite you to play. They they well, they're smart for that. Yeah. That's fuck, that's a, well, but that's, we were talking about it. And it's like I think the, the, the I talked to the guy on the phone, and he was like, "Well, I want I'd like to have Mike have drinks here." And I'm like, "Fuck that!" I feel like they try to slip me some shit. They try to Rick Ross me. Fucking stream me up. You wouldn't even know. All right, man. There's just no there's no need for any of that. It's just like if that's gonna be their policy. Okay, cool. Y'all y'all do the segregation thing. But I mean, put, I, shit, put that shit on the fucking wall. Put it on the fucking banner. Make sure everybody knows it. So so that nobody's yeah, mistaken. That's what I'm you saying. Like, I mean? You better like, be fucked. Yeah. Like, and then don't and don't be don't be apologetic now because it looks bad that people fucking know. You know what I mean? And that's and it's like it's like I said. It's not even about the policy. It's about the fact that they would engage that policy over any sort of professionalism, which is just you know what I mean. Right. The real question is when we going there for drinks? Shit. Be free. At least it be free. I know. We can. We can just be like, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. I like to call the bartender boy while he serves me drinks. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the snotty, snobby whiskey boy. You know, like nah, they, got, they got to come drink with us in uh, in the hood somewhere. That's, oh yeah. Somewhere. Oh, we got to take them to the cork. There you go. Take them to the cork. Hey, if you really about it, Harvard and Stone staff and um, GM, you meet us over at the cork on Adams and uh, West Boulevard. <laughs> and you try to explain everybody in there your policy. <laughs> I'm gonna stand on the fucking well, pool table I mean, with a megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't really talk about this too, but it's like it seems like you know we were talking about it earlier. As I know, we gotta go, but. Like there is this divide, like where it's like all the like everyone like there's a lot of people that are you know coming at me on Twitter like and they're like all Hollywood white club kids, and they're like this is that racism out there, and you're like have you ever had to been told no because of like or like anyone discriminated against you in any way shape or form, and it's really fucking hard for people to fathom that, and I think like mm-hmm. it's just as like a I mean like and like you have to kind of I feel like 
we were talking earlier about accidental racist, but like that shit was just bring up bad fucking stupid stereotypes. But, I mean, this actually like hopefully like would cause people to think about it because it caused me actually to think about it. And I'm not really like, you know, I've lived in LA my whole life. Like I've never seen anything like this ever. I've never confronted anything like this ever. And whether you say it's racism or not racism, like it doesn't change the fact that they didn't let somebody play at a club because of some very narrow guidelines based on some arbitrary notion of what he was. Right. And regardless of right. that, that's right. bullshit. Right. It's small minded. Yeah. Racist and, or not, it's small minded. It, and it, and, for and it, it gave us a whole topic for a podcast over. Thank God. We would have been fucked without What that. else? We had nothing. We had nothing. Yeah, man. Anyone want to take the last word? Oliver, you want to? Mike? I'm good. Dead. I'm good. good. I'm cool. All right. Uh, I have a mixtape coming out next week. Yeah. Yeah. Tits and explosions. I tried to get him to call it 85% tits and explosions. That's buddy. funny. But I'm not with that number shit. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, it's called oh, tits and explosions. It's good, too. I got it's a video really called good. Qualifiers I did at a laundromat. Go watch that, that too. That was amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. uh. Oliver, what do, you, what do you got going on? The end of school. The end yeah. Of school. The last week of Finals, y'all. So, Yo, yeah. Book, book, book O-Dub at your gigs. He's an amazing soul DJ. Thank you. No, but don't book him at Harvard and Stone. No. <laughs> he probably I, could because you play. I'm all gonna, I, the only thing I'm going to play is going to be hip-hop and dance records. Cause... You're going to play Paris records. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> An all-militant set. All ex-clan of Paris. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. Let's go out. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead.